Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. I think it's really important that people understand the story really matters. It actually matters a whole lot more to the subconscious than the actual offer itself. Because the subconscious doesn't understand offers. 20% means nothing to your brain. Welcome back to Pit Stop. Joining me once again is Sarah Lovinger, the new host of Pit Stop. And we're going to be digging deep into some of her ad buying experience to go over some of the biggest wastes of money that she's seen brands have when buying paid ads. Sarah, welcome back to Pit Stop. Thank you. Thank you. It's so much fun to be on here again. I'm super excited to talk about today's topic because I think it's really important, especially after iOS 14 happened. Exactly. So let's let's just talk about it. The the biggest waste of money when it comes to buying paid ads. Let's start with the the first one, not knowing your audience. And and what does this mean? Because I feel like a lot of ad buyers and and paid media spenders would just create look like audiences in Facebook and that was that was enough and it was working. What what does it mean? to not know your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because the majority of the brands that I work with have like a little bit of knowledge of their of who their customers are and it's almost always demographic based. So she's 24, she lives in Dallas, Texas, she has a cat, like those type of things. Mm-hmm. They don't have any knowledge though of the psychographic data behind their person. So like what is she into? Is she like really into crystals? Does she really love I don't know, artisanal coffee, like, is she really into shoes? Like, what's a part of her personality, right? Because a lot of times people will take objects and products and put them into their personality and their identity. So not knowing your person, I think is is detrimental, because you can't take demographic data and create a message that will actually speak to the personality of a person. It's very, very expensive when you're trying to message bland, (laughs) in a way, if you could say, like, it's too vanilla, we got to get much more spicy with this stuff. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you can, can find that almost those secondary lovers or those interest-based lovers to, to pull with your, your advertising? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the best ways I think to go and, and to find some of this stuff, just to start like actually gathering data on your people is to go into the comments. And we were talking about this a little bit before, but I don't believe that it's best for you to go in and actually look at your reviews and say, this is the person I'm marketing to specifically because from a subconscious level, when people write reviews, oftentimes they'll do this in a way that they're trying to kind of seem a certain way to the brand. So they'll write what they think the brand wants to see. And sometimes as well, they'll start typing something, they'll second guess themselves, delete it, and then write something else. So oftentimes I tell people, I need you to look at comments only because comments tend to come from a much more emotional place. And it also is very off the cuff. Usually when you're writing a comment on something, you're not really thinking about it. You just see something, read it, have a reaction to it and write it down. We were talking about this too. The subconscious process is about 95% of what you say, do all of your behaviors comes through the subconscious. Five yeah, kind of on of that. autopilot most of the time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And all of it is just reaction because that's kind of how we're built mentally. So only 5% of your, your processing power is coming through the actual conscious. I'm thinking about it. I'm like purposefully doing it. So when this comes to your customers, it's extremely important to understand that because your messaging needs to be talking to subconscious level processing, not conscious level. 
Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting. And we were talking a little bit about it in the the green room. What does it, it look like when you you see it that you can tell that just something's off? How can you? How does that mistake tie tie in? Because it it can be expensive. Yes, yes. Well, and this is where I I always feel so bad for some of these brands. They're still using old tactics, but they're trying to apply it to a new strategy. So they're like, we used to use lookalikes all the time, and it used to work. So we're just going to keep doing lookalikes and hope that our creative will fix the problem. When I come into the ad account, I'm like, okay, you can lift every lever that you want. Obviously, Facebook is very robust. It's got a huge back end. I started as a media buyer, so like I understand the lever lifting. But the problem that we're having now is we can't use what worked in 2015 and 2022. It's just totally different landscape. So oftentimes I will see people have really nice creative. It's very beautiful. They've done studio shots. It's very professional. But they have applied a message that's still a fit for 2015. It, it's too bland. Like it, it doesn't really speak to anybody. It's just like 20% off our shoes this weekend. Okay, but that, that's not speaking to literally anybody. It's just speaking to everybody, which is kind of not a great way to spend money. You're just going to start wasting more and more. So it's, it's a messaging problem. Yeah, and that's such a great example. Twenty percent off shoes. Well, that's great, but it's well, what's the timing of it? If you see that ad on yeah. say Wednesday, it's hey, look great this weekend. Yes, going out exactly. for the first time in two years, we've got twenty percent off shoes. Thank you. Right. Perfect. So it's those, those little it. <laughs> those contextual ads, especially when you can have that timing so accurate of run run a campaign yeah. for a couple of days. You're not trying to plan out a magazine ad exactly. six months from now that needs to be, be just look great forever. Like a piece of art. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important that people understand the story really matters. It actually matters a whole lot more to the subconscious than the actual offer itself, because the subconscious doesn't understand offers. 20% means nothing to your brain. It might mean something to your marketer, but it means nothing to your brain. But if you can wrap in a story of what are you doing this weekend? You want 20% off shoes so that you can go dancing with your girlfriends. The The brain can automatically create like a, a subconscious visual of that story. And so it's much easier for it to say 20% off shoes also means dancing with my friends. Very easy for them to make that connection of like, I should buy these shoes. Mm-hmm. Got to have a story. It's super important. That's really, really interesting. And then what else is there with the, the waste money in terms of, we, we talked about that's just being too, too vanilla, comment research. I'd love to just dig a little bit deeper into those two things of what makes an ad too vanilla. And how, well, I mean, we talked about that, but how can you spice it up and without being, I, I don't want to name names, but without just triggering anger to take action <laughs> on, you have that, that one extreme. And then on the other, it's 20% off shoes. So how can you find that happy medium between yeah. vanilla and inciting a riot to get customers (laughs) to like take some action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of the biggest levers I think that everybody kind of already knows right now is UGC is obviously huge. It's a very big medium. It's a very big marketing channel. Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm probably going to make a few people mad when I say this, but like not every UGC is good UGC. (laughs) So we have to be very careful with how we use this. If you're going to market, you have to market smarter. So Mm -hmm. we don't want to go with bland just like oatmeal, 20% off shoes. We also don't want to go crazy with telling people, buy our shoes today. It's going to be great. Like you're going to go out with your friends. and here's yeah, the Last chance sale ends exactly. in eight hours. That's just stressful. Like for the mind, especially, it's just really hard for us to process that kind of like urgency. It's too much almost. Mm-hmm. UGC is nice right in the middle. I have been noticing some of the ad accounts that I'm in that some UGC is getting high clicks, high engagement but very, very low conversions. And I have a theory as to why this is happening. And I've been kind of pulling a whole bunch of people in the media buying space, but I think what's happening is 
one, people are seeing a lot more of it. UGC mm -hmm. is starting to become the normal way to advertise. So now we're just like, every time we see something that kind of feels like an ad, even if it looks like UGC, we're just clicking away. Yeah, and that's so, I saw something about how Generation Z or Gen Z is just a little too consumerist that yes. their entertainment is essentially just infomercials. Yes, a hundred percent. I think I said this something on Twitter the other day too. I was like, does anybody notice how similar UGC is to like '90s infomercials? They're almost exactly the same thing without kind of the cheesiness that infomercials had. I almost would rather see an Sometimes. infomercial style commercial. <clears throat> I want to see a brand do that because I like the cheesiness. I think it's fantastic. Well, it's also well, the, very different. The reason for that is that the infomercials are really just about as analytical as you could get, but there's a whole science yeah. to it of making it demonstrable where this is your problem. And if it can solve this big pain point, like the Phil Swift putting it on the boat or Billy yeah. Mays with the OxyClean, <laughs> just getting all the yeah. blood out of the shirt and the water changes, you remember it and figure, yeah. well, if I can get that out, I'm sure it can fix my, my little exactly. problem. You have to really anchor that really <laughs> far. Yeah. And there's a whole other part of it where I watched the show Pitchmen twice with, mm. with Billy Mays and Anthony Sullivan. And they yeah. say, we always say, how to order at least three times so people yep. have a chance to to get it. And it's if you you look at those same three things, a UGC is very similar in terms mm -hmm. of the, the format. Yeah, exactly. Well, and if you want to learn, if you want to understand basic UGC marketing and how to psychologically set it up, study what Billy Mays did because his stuff ran for decades mm -hmm. and it produced so much value for people and they sold a lot of products. And it, it really, it wasn't like complicated what he was doing. It wasn't a giant setup of anything. They were literally just like setting a mat on the floor and then like rolling it over carpet. Like the setup of it wasn't that hard at all. So I think UGC creators nowadays needs, they, everybody needs to understand the basics of marketing, first of all. And mm -hmm. second of all, we also need to understand what people are consuming currently and how your ad fits into what they're consuming. Because if you're not a TikTok consumer, I'm a huge consumer just because I think TikTok is fun. I, mm -hmm. I just go on there and scroll absentmindedly for like at least 30 minutes a day. Yeah. If you notice the things that are coming up are the actual user generated things that are not from the brands are very natural. Mm -hmm. It's just somebody picking up their phone that was like, I just wanted to share this today. Or I want to film this lady like freaking out in McDonald's or I want to like very natural, normal stuff that's happening in everyday life. If you can't make your UGC look like it's natural. Like it just randomly happened. It's going to be very difficult to get it to convert. But I will say UGC is the middle ground for me right now because it's just easy pro to produce. Mm -hmm. And it, it works extremely well. People love the stories. They just get you, sold on it. And if you have an actual customer doing your ads versus yeah. a studio, yeah. then it's it, it just feels much more natural. Of, okay, mm -hmm. this is how it will actually look. I think everyone's seen how you make a, a McDonald's Big Mac look on the commercial, <laughs> and that's why it will never look like that in person. Yep. So yep. it's just very refreshing from the, mm -hmm. the consumer perspective to see, okay, this is actually yeah. how, it, how it is. Exactly, I, yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Sarah, you're going to be taking over as host here on Pit Stop. So if people want to hear more from you, they can always smash that subscribe button here. Where can people find you online? Where do you spend most of your time? I am 100% on Twitter. So if, you, if you've ever wanted to just figure out how to contact me, just go to Twitter. It's at Sarah Levenger, S-A-R-A-H, Sarah with an H, and Levenger, L-E-V as in Victor, I-N-G-E-R, Levenger. Very very cool and they can also go to hgperformancecreative.com if they want to work with you a little bit more mm -hmm. awesome
Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today. 